Bring It On is a public affairs program exploring the people, issues, and events affecting the African-American communities in South Central Indiana and beyond. Bring It On is a forum for the people, by the people, produced by an independent team of volunteers working at the studios of Community Radio WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana, and financially supported by listeners like you. Good evening, I'm Liz Mitchell and welcome to Bring It On, a multiple award-winning radio broadcast in our 17th year as Indiana's only weekly community radio show committed to exploring the people, issues, and events impacting the African-American community. Good evening, I'm Clarence Boone. Well, the results of the Bloomington primaries are in. As for black candidates vying for nominations, here are the results. For the Democratic primaries for the Indiana 9th Congressional District, Matthew Fife bested African-American candidate Isaac Asari by 27 percentage points. In the Democratic primary for Monroe County Sheriff, Ruben Marte is the winner. He will face Republican Nathan Williamson in, in the November general election, and Marte received 48% of the vote and beat four other Democrats for the nomination. Troy Thomas finished second, followed by Joni Stalkup, Angie Purdy, and Steve Hill. Running unopposed in the Democratic primary race for Monroe County Council, District 4 was incumbent Jennifer Crossley, and Democrat, and running unopposed in the Democratic primary race for Monroe County Circuit Court clerk was incumbent Nicole Brown. Joining us for a recap of their respective races with an eye toward the November general elections are Ruben Marte with General Manager William Hosea and Nicole Brown. Ruben, William, and Nicole, welcome to Bring It On. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. We're so glad to, to have everyone join us. And I know it's um, you're still celebrating and thanks for stopping the celebrations just to join us. Uh, and I know that's not right because as soon as the results ran, you started getting ready for November and I know that's the case. Um, and we're so pleased again to have our uh, Rubens campaign manager, William Hosea join us, who's also a contributor, major contributor to bring it on. Starting off, I, I wanna give you both ample time to answer uh, a few questions that both Liz and I have for you. Uh, but one, I, I'm thinking there still yet are some residents of Monroe County that may not be acquainted with you. And so if you could take a moment, uh, we'll start with Nicole, just to give us an introduction of yourself. Who is Nicole Brown? Well, thank you so much. First, uh, thank you so much for having me on the program. You've been a wonderful friend. It's like family to be a part of the show. And I'm so very, very grateful. Um, my name is Nicole Brown. I'm a lifelong Hoosier. I currently serve as your Monroe County Circuit Court Clerk, and it has been my honor to be in that role since 2016. Um, I am, I was thrilled to uh, oversee the elections here in Monroe County, and I am proud to be the face of Monroe County elections. And so I just wanna thank you for having me on. And you mentioned that you are an incumbent. Um, can you think back on that first primary run that you had and any thoughts, recollections from that? I can tell you it is a much nicer position to be in to run unopposed. <laughs> yeah, right. as Ruben. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and to that point, we're going to shift gears and go down to Ruben Marte. 
sir, uh, give us an introduction of, of who Ruben Marte is. Well, thank you for uh, uh, welcoming to be here. I, I, I've been on this program so many years in the past, and I tell you what, I feel so comfortable uh, being on this program because it, it, it truly has started about seven to eight years ago that I've been invited to this program year after year after year. So uh, I really, truly appreciate the opportunity to talk to the audience and, and be part of this program. And again, my name is Ruben Marte and I'm running for Morrow County Sheriff. I could tell you that um, I, I've been guided, you know, to include uh, uh, Nicole Brown herself. Her and I sat down years ago and, and we talked about this and I've been very blessed to know her. And when we met, I tell you what, it was, uh, uh, we clicked, I'll say it like that. <clears throat> and I'm glad that we did because she has guided me to a point that um, I'm here right now and I'm happy that I'm here right now. Um, but I could tell you that I would not be sitting here right now if it wasn't for Brother William as well and the whole entire team to help me get here. Uh, I could tell you that when I sat down with 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 uh, uh, um, several other people, uh, multiple people, because I don't want to leave anybody out, but it was a, a tremendous amount of people that that once that we met and we just talked about my vision, and what I like to do and accomplish, you know, I got a lot of support. So uh, that being said, I'm so fortunate and blessed and honored to be here on this radio show right now to express. Uh, my ideas and, and clarify anything that needs to be clarified. Okay, so well, thank, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for that. And I'll defer to Liz. Um, my question is for William to, uh, a lot of people may not know what the role of a manager is. So would you explain that to the listening audience, what your role is, what exactly did you do for Ruben? As a campaign manager, um, I, I led the people and I managed the resources that we had. Um, we started off with a team of about 12 people and it kind of ballooned up to 19. And uh, everybody brings a different skill set to the table. And so we had to put all of those together and make them work in the most efficient manner that we could. And that's exactly what we ended up doing. There were some, some bumps along the way but uh, was nothing that uh, we couldn't handle. And, and keep in mind, uh, in that kind of effort, uh, Ruben is a leader also. He's been doing it for 30, 30 something years with the Indiana State Police. So you got a old military guy and a active uh, state policeman uh, kind of running the show together and everything just, just gelled and flowed. And so we, how long we have you known Ruben? Yeah, how long have you known Ruben? About as long as he's been coming on uh, Bring It On. Okay, about eight nine years now. Yeah, yeah. And, okay. and one one thing I'll I'll add to that is that when Ruben came on, I say this a lot whenever you come on that you came on on some times when nationally there was a lot of turmoil, and you took some hard questions, and you answered. You didn't give us the sort of the, uh, the corporate line. You didn't tell the line, but, but you really spoke from the heart as far as you really felt that the answer to a lot of these issues was the training 
that these officers who may have been involved in some of these incidents uh, underwent and that there was a need for revamping perhaps the training as opposed to defunding. <laughs> and that, that's a topic we're not going to touch. But you really did lay that on the line. And, Nicole, you can appreciate that because you have a background in law enforcement. Uh, so you both know the rigors, the stress, the challenges. And, and Liz, you're married to a former law enforcement officer. Um, we are we're in a real delicate time right now. So thank you for those wonderful introductions. Um, and Liz and I want to talk a little bit about the dynamics of your primary. Uh, how you executed your campaign, as William began to elaborate on. Um, Nicole, share with us some of the dynamics. Even though you ran unopposed, there were yet some things you, you had to execute and do. So, so let our listeners know about those things. Absolutely. Um, I, I've ne I had never found myself in this uh, circumstance. and It's a double-edged sword. On the one hand, it is a blessing um, to not have to raise the funds um, that you might have to raise if you have an opponent in the primary. Um, of course, you don't know whether you're opposed or not until that last day of filing. And um, I was there at 1159 waiting to see if there was someone there to challenge me because the deadline is at noon. Um, and so largely I was in the incredibly serendipitous position of being able to self-fund. I didn't have to raise any money. Uh, I took the materials that were left from my campaign four years ago and brought those back out to uh, not have to have any additional expenses. Um, and the blessing in that, particularly being on with my colleague and friend, uh, Ruben Marte, is that I could use, I could, I could donate to the campaigns of people who were opposed. Um, I could walk with candidates who had opposition in the primary. And that kind of also helped me to also say, and by the way, I'm running too, um, and make sure that people who, who might not be as familiar with me, that I had an opportunity to speak with them as well. And then of course, to, to get the opportunity to attend forums, I wasn't invited to participate because I was unopposed, but it allowed me to do my homework uh, with the different candidates who were in the primary. My question to you, Nicole, is, you know, in the in the past few years, there was a lot of controversy going on. And I know you've hung in there. Uh, why do you love that job so much? Because I'm thinking you love it or else you I do. wouldn't. <laughs> so what is it about it that you like and love? Miss Liz, I'm going to tell you, I'll, I'll say the same thing to you that I say to my dad. I genuinely see this as my contribution to the civil rights movement. I am the face of votes in Monroe County. I am the person who counts the votes that are cast in elections that are held in Monroe County. And I watch the news like everyone else. It's disheartening that the very ballot is being questioned and the integrity of the election is being questioned. And so I am able, whether to you in this friendly atmosphere or to a third party, a neutral third party to explain how there is no fraud in elections, especially elections that are held in Monroe County. Um, I'm protecting my own right to vote as well as everyone else's. And so, yes, it is a job that I love. It is not without its challenges, but I do love it because um, 
it gives me a chance to be hands-on and trying to make a difference where I can in, in these challenging times. Ms. Ms. Nicole, may I, may, may I jump in? Is that okay? Of course. It, it, I, I could say this, in, in, in the years that, that I've known her and she has talked to me and guided me, I will not be sitting here if it wasn't for her. And I could say that honestly, because has she not been in that position that she holds right now, it, it will not carry any weight. So I'm very fortunate to know her. I'm very fortunate that she decided to continue doing what she's doing. And I truly mean that. I'm not just saying that because she's a friend of mine and she is a friend of mine. But the, the bottom line is she walks the walk and talks the talk and actually convinced me to do what I'm doing now. You're very generous. Thank you. It's the truth. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I, I, um, I love that response, especially encouraging one another. And just to clarify for our listeners, when you said if it wasn't for the person who runs the election, I wouldn't be sitting here. Go give <laughs> us an example of what of what you meant by without her guidance, I would not be sitting here. Because we have we have people out there that will will take something and run and try to make a headline with it. But uh, just share with us an example of what you meant. Well, for example, and, and this has nothing to do with me running. I, I remember meeting. Nicole uh, Brown, okay, <clears throat> and she was not even the, the, the county clerk. And Nicole, you might, I, I, I don't know if you remember this. However, I can remember being a young person serving on Hispanic and Latino affairs. And I had a situation of a woman being battered and I, I needed a protection order. But the problem was this particular woman did not speak English, but she couldn't read the material in Spanish because it was not there. So I asked to speak to the clerk, but I met Nicole Brown, which I'm so fortunate I did. And she was so great, so helpful to say, yes, we could translate this into Spanish. Nicole, do you remember that? I don't know if you remember that. I do remember that. Yes. And she was so gracious to do that. And I could tell you that won me over because when you help one and you see there's a void and you step in and, and, and us, the state police, when we see a void, we look to step in. And when I asked Nicole Brown to please help me translate this information to Spanish to help not only one person that I was trying to help, but the multiple other women out there that we're not aware of that are being battered, but don't know that this is their option because they can't read English. Nicole stepped in and, and definitely allowed us to put it into her website now in Spanish. And that helped multiple people that we do not know how far that went. Now, when I met her and, and she was so gracious enough to do that, and I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, this lady just did something and graciously helped out and to help multiple people. Who am I not to say that, hey, if this is your chance to help multiple people as the sheriff in this county, when I try. So she actually inspired me. And when we talked, she gave me a lot of encouragement because I, I really was thinking about this, but I only reach out to people that I trust. And Nicole Brown definitely, definitely was the first one. Thank you. I remember that call. If I could, I'd take credit for your amazing campaign because I was one of the first people you spoke with. But that's all you, Mr. Rubin. And thank you. Thank you for your kind words. You're so kind. 
Well, and you brought up something, Ruby, when you said, you know, you helped a Latino woman. You know how things are today that the dominant race has got to put us in a box and say you're this, this, and this. So um, are you forced to choose between Black and Latino other than the dominant race saying, well, which one are you? Has that become an issue with you while you were running your campaign? Or oh, no. you had to make a choice. No, 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 no. Every, I could say, I, I, one thing that I'm very uh, pleased and happy and honored and, and humbled across the line, every person has helped out that realizes that we can work together, we're strong together, and we will accomplish so much together. So there was no line that I had to, choose from nothing like that at all at all uh in fact in fact the thirst the thirst that i that i as canvassing that people would share with me is that we all need to work together for the coming cause and that that i tell you what i say it like this and william knows what i'm about to say there were times that i was so tired from canvassing just tired and when I met the majority of the people that would say to me this, thank you for, for, for stopping and talking. What can I do to help out? And this was all facets of people, all. And, and that was very refreshing because that's a lot of hope. Doesn't matter that we don't look alike, but what matters is that we have something in common and we could always, always build on that. Great, great. Thank you for that answer. Thank you. For those who just joined us, the voice you've heard uh, was the Democratic nominee from Monroe County Sheriff, Ruben Marte. And then also you heard the Democratic nominee from Monroe County Circuit Court Clerk, incumbent, and I say again, incumbent, Nicole Brown. I have a, a question. I want to shift gears a little bit uh, as we look towards November. And before you know it, it'll be here. And you yeah. all know that. Um, mm -hmm. What strategies that you can share and I know there are there's the back room strategies that you cannot share but what uh what are the common sense things that you just plan to do as you sort of gear up for the November run and, and Nicole I'll, I'll start with you thank you um I see you the clerk's term like many terms you're limited to two four-year terms. I was incredibly lucky to get a little bit more time because I was caucused in um, when my pre predecessor uh, resigned. Um, what I see my second term as is to set the table for the next clerk, to make things easier for the next clerk than they were for me. And my predecessor left me in that position. It, think There were many things that were easier because she paved the way for me. I've tried to do that in the office. And I look at my role as setting the table and leaving the office better than I found it uh, in, in that second term. And so um, what that means for me, uh, publicly, I have uh, advocated for consolidating everything under one roof with respect to running elections. We're just at a very critical time in our nation's history where so many things about the elections are being uh, questioned. And while you run on a platform, and I am a lifelong Democrat as well as a lifelong Hoosier. While you run on a platform, I have to count every vote. Every single vote counts. It doesn't matter whether the person cast it was Republican, Democrat, Independent, 
um, or any other par party, I have to count those votes. And you don't know who is going to take the seat after you. Um, it's the case that I will not be able to run again in four years. And so, so that's the open door, not behind closed doors talk, is that I plan to set that table for the next clerk and make their jobs easier. Okay, and uh, Ruben? Can you repeat that question again? I just wanna make sure I heard it right. Yeah, as you, as you look toward the November general election, and as you're beginning now to sort of put things in place, uh, your strategy and, and um, your goals, your long range, short range goals, I, what will that look like? Clarence, I mean, my apologies, I lost you again. Can you, can you? Okay, I will, I will turn the volume up and we'll try that again. Um, as you look towards November and you're beginning to strategize now and you're looking intentionally at what can Ruben do to advance his campaign against a Republican challenger, um, what type of things can you share? And, and I understand there are some things that are, are rather, um, uh, well, they're, they're the super secret things that we don't want you to share, but those things that you can publicly share, what are the common sense things that you can share with us today? Oh, got you now. Okay. <clears throat> so, so to me, uh, uh, everything that we've been doing now has been worked successfully tremendously. Uh, the percentage that I won surprised all of us. And I was very humble, very humble to see that. It, it didn't click until, I mean, William had it said to me multiple times. And then when I saw on the screen and I read it, I'm thinking to myself, wow. So I will continue to do what I'm doing, what the team is doing. Uh, I will have respect for the, the, the residents and citizens of this county to continue what I'm doing. And also for my competitor, you know, the, the, you know, I, 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 I owe to that individual to do the best that I can to continue to do what I'm doing. And also for the team, because this, this, this team has not only sacrificed, but they have went beyond what I truly anticipated them to do when they have. William says something which is so true. You know, him being a, a, a Marine and, and me being, being a paramilitary state police, there are certain ways that we do certain things, and that's the reason why we click. And I'm very fortunate that he's at the helm, um, but everyone else that's there uh, appreciates how we gel and how we proceed and has been working. So to answer your question, I will continue. I, I, I will uh, look to the people that are surrounding me and helping me because without them, no way would I be able to succeed. So I'm very humble to have the people that I have as a team to help me. Can I jump in there? Uh, Go ahead, because you, you may gonna answer what the question I was gonna ask you. Go ahead. To be perfectly honest, we don't have any secret corporate backroom strategies. We didn't do anything that is not known or available to any of the other candidates. What we did was go down the list and we picked and we chose the ones that we did want to use, and then we worked them to the max. I mean, we milked it for as much as we can get out of it. There, there were nights, man, when we were sore going home from uh, knocking doors and, and walking the pavement. But I, I really think, and Ruben would agree with me, that was the moneymaker right there. My question is kind of the piggyback on um, uh, Clarence's is, so, from this election in May 
and the one in November, what differences do you see in those these two elections? You campaigned really, really hard. You went out there and beat the pavement, knocked on doors. Do you see in November that you will have to repeat the very same things? Yes. What, okay, to, yeah. Yes, to a degree. The difference is now instead of just five of us, it's just one, which is me. So that being said, the Democratic Party will be behind me. Uh, doesn't mean that I'm not going to take this seriously, that the team is not going to take it seriously. In fact, we met, and uh, William could uh, testify to this as well. We, we've met because he, 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 he set up the meeting, and we all agreed that we're not, going to take a, we're not going to take a backseat on this. We're going to continue as we've been doing uh, until we finish the, the, the final line here. Uh, out of respect to our competitors and all, to, to my competitor, and also out of respect to the resident of this county, we all the very best, and, and, and the team is, is, is committed to do that. Okay, Clarence, if you don't have anything, I've got one more question. Well, I, I did want to piggyback a little bit. Uh, Nicole, Go ahead. You, you sort of um, set the wheels going here when you said that your goal is to run a high-integrity, transparent election so that there's no question and we don't have the, the craziness of um, people trying to accuse the machines of being whatever, and, and we've been through all that. But you mm -hmm. said that you want to let the residents of Monroe County know that they could take pride and, and have assurance in how the campaign, how the elections are run. Now, Ruben, I read an article that said that one of your chief goals is to go in and revamp training, not just for officers, but top on down. What might that look like under a Ruben Marte administration as sheriff for Monroe County? <laughs> That's what I was going thank, thank you for that question. What, one of the things that I've been doing now through, through for years now for, for other agencies, which why not for the, the agency that I'm going to lead, <clears throat> would be uh, cultural awareness for law enforcement, implicit bias, de-escalation, things of that nature. And, and that's, just, that's just the beginning. Um, I, I truly believe that the way you bring yourself above board in the sense of being the finest of what you do is to training and awareness. And as you mentioned before, at the time that we're living now, uh, where, you know, we cannot tolerate any misdoing or, or, or any mishap, you have to be aware of what you're dealing with. We chose this profession, so we hold ourselves to a higher standard. I, I hold myself to a very high standard. Um, and I, I, I know for a fact that's one of the things that, that we and I, you know, agree upon because as, as a Marine, he holds us to a higher standard as well. So I plan to do the exact same thing with the Monroe County Sheriff Department. Now, not to say they're not receiving training, adequate training, what it is right now. All I'm saying is I want to be able to train everyone. And when I meet everyone, I'm talking about the civilians as well, because sometimes they don't receive the same training that the, the sworn side gets. And uh, it's been my experience that it's very uh, well received within the department when everyone is trained exactly the same way. And it benefits all of us to include the public so if you call the department and you, you hear another person on the end of the phone and they understand about de-escalation, they understand about, okay, how do, you, how do you proceed with a person that might be having a crisis 
you know, that's very crucial. So it begins with all of us, all of us working together to, for the common cause, to help the people in the need, but we all have to stand strong and be held to a higher standard. Now, Ruben, to uh, follow up on that, to me, your win says that the sheriff department needs a change. And I know for a fact that some of the deputies supported you. Uh, have they said to you what kind of changes they'd like to see? They would like to meet, but to be fair, um, there are three shifts. You have the first, second, and third. And to be fair, uh, once I become the sheriff, we will discuss everything as a family, as a team, as a department to make sure that there is no misunderstanding. I will set the tone, hold myself accountable, and then all of us together will serve the public of Monroe County. Because I, my goal is, I already consider them to be the finest for this county. My goal is to give them the tools, what they need to continue. And what I like what Nicole Brown just said that she wants to leave her department at a better than when she left it to the next person taking over. Well, I want to do the exact same thing. So not to say, not to point any fingers, but at this point, I do want to bring us to a level that is the highest we could go and leave it at a better position for the next person to take over. And I expect that person will do the exact same thing. You always want to leave. You always want to leave the department at a better situation than that you found it for the service of the people that you're supposed to serve and protect. Okay, I appreciate that. Uh, I, I, I certainly appreciate that from both you and Nicole. Um, Ruben, I, I recall back, you said eight years of, of coming on our program. And, and a lot of times it was, again, talking about issues that were uncomfortable and uh, that were national, regional. Uh, but one thing that stood out in my mind and still stands out in my mind was the impact of your workshops and the catchy title, How to Survive a Pullover by Law Enforcement and, or How to Go Home Safely. And you said something interesting. You said that people don't realize that both sides want to leave this encounter safely and want to go home to their families or to wherever they're going. As sheriff, do you plan to continue such workshops in Monroe County or the reach that you may have, the influence that you may have? Might you try to model this for the state as far as to educate the public how law enforcement wants to partner with the residents they serve and protect? And here is how we approach such things as pullovers and encounters and coming to situations where there's great stress and uh, is that something that you might implement? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The difference will be that I'm, I'll be the sheriff from Monroe County and I want to have a more robust uh, uh, public uh, 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 outreach here in this county. Although, um, as a civil servant, if, if I'm asked to assist in other counties, I will. I will. I will not stop that. However, my goal is to concentrate on Monroe County have a more robust, have more departments join us uh, 
as a calibrated, uh, as a group of, of, of departments to make this a more uh, stronger, a more understandable, a more uh, uh, welcoming, trusting uh, program when it's, you have multiple agencies doing the exact same thing. So what I, my, my vision is to invite Bloomington Police Department, to invite conservation, to invite IUPD, uh, Ellettsville, Steinsville, uh, whoever is encompasses, and I apologize if I'm missing a department in, 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 in Morrow County, but I like for all of us to come together and open up the doors that the community, which is probably happening now, okay, but do it in a unique way that every non-police department agencies could work with us together for the common cause. Because one of the things that I appreciate about Bloomington, Bloomington has a tremendous amount of programs. Um, as I did my uh, uh, outreach here in Bloomington, tremendous by far. Um, what I like to do is capitalize on that, uh, try to have everyone at the table and bring all the resources that we do have uh, from our prospective agencies for the betterment for the depart for, for the actual uh, residents of this county. Okay, thank you, Ruben. Uh, Nicole, just for our listening audience, would you tell them, someone might've just tuned in, what you do, what does your position do? That's an excellent question, um, particularly when you have more than one person named Nicole who has the title of clerk in Monroe That's County. That's right. Um, I refer to her as the equally lovely clerk, Nicole. Um, and she is clerk of the city and I am clerk of the county. Uh, the, things, the two things that I am primarily known for are being the keeper of the records for the Monroe County Circuit Courts. So if you need to access the courts, your roommate didn't pay their rent, you got a ticket and you need to have your day in court, you get your, you become eligible to get your day in court through my office or you pay restitution, uh, not restitution, sorry. You pay money like at judgments, um, speeding tickets in my office. There's a happy reason to come to my office. You apply for marriage licenses you can also file to get a divorce in my office. Um, so that's the court side of what I do. But more people know me because as the clerk of the Monroe County Circuit Courts, I oversee any election that occurs in Monroe County. And at the end of the night, report the results that for who the winners are and who were not quite as fortunate. And it was quite an honor to know even before Mr. Rubin did, that he would be the Democratic candidate for Monroe County Sheriff. Yeah. Let me ask you um, a question regarding that. Do you, number one, do you, departments are strapped, and we know that all across the county, all across the city. Do you feel you have enough resources to adequately do the things that you envision doing in that in that department? You know, um, <laughs> That's a complicated question. I have the money that I have. Um, every every elected official or department head has the chance to appear before the council and tell them what they believe that they need as far as resources and finances and what they plan to do with those. Um, and then the council has the right to say yes or no. I've been incredibly blessed 
over the past few budget cycles. Um, and it wasn't easy getting there to have the council be in support of what I say that I need to run the Monroe County Clerk's Office. Now, on the other hand, I have employees who are paid at the bottom rung. And so it's very difficult. Um, it's already difficult in a pandemic to find quality employees. But then once I get them, um, it's very difficult to retain them when you have offices in the same building where they can make, you know, 15 to 20,000 more than what my deputy clerks make. And that's, that's really unfortunate. I've, I've advocated as hard as I can to try to make it a little more equitable because I need to retain um, quality employees too. And Mr. Rubin was very kind to share that story about um, when we translated uh, the process for getting a protection order into Spanish. Mr. Rubin, since that time, I have actually hired someone who speaks three languages, Portuguese, French, and Spanish. In addition to, uh, I have several people who speak Spanish and a gentleman who speaks Mandarin Chinese. Wow. Unfortunately, they don't get paid the kind of money that they should for being mm. able to make someone for whom English is not their first language. They don't get paid the kind of money that would entice them to stay and make sure that those people know that they're safe, they're in the right place, that we are there to help them and that we'll do whatever it takes to make them feel comfortable until we can help them to get their day in court. Made the perfect yeah. pitch for support uh, for such positions. And you know, you could always listen back to this podcast and just write down everything you just said and just make <laughs> the presentation to the council. And I'm sure I... it, will, it will sail through. Because you're absolutely, we are a multi-ethnic community mm -hmm. and we have facets of our community that need support and attention. We have burgeoning communities that are just developing every, every five years, some communities are almost doubling. Mm -hmm. So we have to uh, project ahead. We have to look down the road there. And, and thank you for that insight. I really appreciate that. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I did want to shift gears again, if I can. I, I want to talk about um, from what areas did you receive tangible and intangible support, both in the primary and now, Nicole, you've gone through this before. So you received support in the primary before and in the general before. But then as you look forward to the general election this November, uh, what type of tangible and intangible support can you look forward to? And I'll, I'll start with uh, Ruben this time, and then we'll come back to Nicole. Hmm. <clears throat> well, you know, one of the sponsors, well, two of the sponsors that I received was uh, Young Dems and also uh, Stonewall. And uh, they, 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 they were phenomenal to, to, to uh, sponsor me. Uh, one of the things that I do know that, well, any team will need would be, uh, finances, you know, just to be sponsored financially as well. Um, but as far as, you know, what the team is doing and, 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 and uh, to support me, um, I, I can't ask for more. But one of the things that I thought about as well, um, the deputy mayor has, has came out and supported me as well. 
And uh, that's that that was added to uh, to the actual uh, uh, flyers that we provided to to the residents of, of this county. And I could tell you that multiple times when I knock on the door, William William has done the same thing, and they will see the deputy mayor his picture and I haven't even read it. They said, you know, we got you then. You know, if if the deputy mayor says he's supporting you, you got my vote. Multiple times that has happened. Um, so I'm very blessed in the sense that uh, in full circle with the campaign manager, with the team, deputy mayor, uh, everyone supported me knocking on doors and talking to people. Uh, different organization invited me to come and talk to them. Uh, it, it, it's been a blessing. It's opened my eyes up. It's, it, it has shown me there's the good kindness of people is there. We see the negativity a lot because of the social media, but I can tell you by, by, by far, by far, the kindness of people was there when you, when, when, when they gave me a chance to talk to them. I, I want to follow up on that um, real quickly, Liz. Um, have you received endorsements from outside the county, say from other sheriffs or from, uh, from state police uh, officers or what type of endorsements have you received? I, I, I've been endorsed by um, two former state police superintendents. Um, I've been endorsed by the sheriff of Bartholomew County and also Putnam County. Uh, I've been endorsed by Nicole Brown. I've been endorsed by Jennifer Crossley. I, I, my goodness, the list goes on and goes on and goes on. Uh, the people that, that I have been endorsed by. Um, so I'm very blessed. I've been fortunate. You know, um, I know I'm not messing everyone, um, but I've been endorsed by multiple people uh, that the list goes on. And I, and I invite people that are listening to this right now, just go to my website, ruberforsheriff.com. You will see the multiple people that endorse me that when I saw it myself, I was so humbled and, and, and so blessed to see this. You know, I, I never would have thought that in my career when I had hair, <laughs> working the road, that I'll be in this point right now saying what I'm saying <laughs> as a young man. So uh, I, I, I'm, I'm very blessed, very blessed. And I know I miss certain people of the names, but they are listed uh, to include Jimmy Darnold from Ellisville PD. And that, that's pretty good because it's easy to omit a name and... and um... You both have been very cautious not to try to do the exhaustive list there. Nicole, if, if you can respond to that, your, your tangible and, in, and intangible support, how does it come? And, and um, now that you'll be running against someone come the fall, how uh, can you look forward to receiving that, that type of support? Well, at this moment, and I'll knock on whatever is available, um, I do not have an opponent for the fall. Okay. So barring... Barring a surprise, I will be the next clerk of the Monroe okay. County Circuit Court. Um, <laughs> and that is a very nice. Oh, oh I, that's right. What, it's, no, it's, no, no, no. It's, it's that sister from Gary thing. <laughs> no, no, but, but, but we're not going <laughs> to. We're not going to put out there that type of uh, gauntlet. We're not going to lay that down today. But people, people recognize integrity, character, and talent when they see it. And they, and they have to look in the mirror to say, Wow, should I go up against this? And I think we see what we're seeing. But in the event someone 
happens to throw their hat in the ring just for for just window dressing sake. How would that's you welcome a, that support? That's an excellent question. Well, well, first, I'm I'm incredibly blessed, even though um, I am unopposed to have had a phenomenal group of people to come out and say, you know, I have your back, you know, that I will be there for you. Um, and in many instances, I'm sure for Mr. Rubin as well, uh, even though it was the primary people who would normally vote on the other side of the aisle, pulled ballots to vote for me. And I'm incredibly, incredibly, that's, that's very humbling. Um, but I am a proud member of the Monroe County Black Democratic Caucus, as well as the Democratic Women's Caucus. And so should that become necessary, um, I would go and ask very humbly and very graciously for their unwavering support. I feel confident that I have it, um, which allows me, if I continue to be unopposed, to leave those resources for candidates like Mr. Rubin who have opposition. But um, if not, I, I feel very confident that my track record has proven that I could go and ask for that support and receive it. And I'm, I'm very grateful for that. Thank you. Sounding like an incumbent, I tell you. <laughs> now, now that the primary is over, well, going into the primary, you had people and organizations who withheld their support to see who the nominee was going to be. Yeah. So now you're going to see those people and organizations coming out of the woodwork. The Democratic Party is going to coalesce around all of the Democratic candidates. So, so they're going to pull out all the stops. And the money's going to flow also. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to ask you, William, I'm glad you chimed in. Um, as a campaign manager, that means you're a campaign consultant and strategist. Um, for, any, for any of the candidates who are running um, in the fall or planning to maybe run in, in future years, what are some of the basics that that you feel they should uh, that they should take upon themselves, and what have you learned through this process that you would share in about two minutes with these people? I don't give any secrets away, though. Yeah, yeah no secrets. <laughs> well, believe it or not, this was my first ever campaign, but I think uh, what and Ruben would agree with me. What uh, matters most to people was that personal interaction. You know, when, when, especially when you talk to someone and you personalize your history, I'll give you an example. Uh, as we were door knocking and people would ask me to tell them something about Ruben, I, th- th- there were two things that, that caught their interest immediately. One was when I told them he started his law enforcement career at Rikers Island. And then two, when I told them he was bilingual. Everybody took an interest to that, and they would tend to ask <laughs> questions based on uh, that information. And then, of course, everything else was gravy. You know, uh, FBI Academy graduate, 31 years in, in law enforcement, uh, equity and inclusion officer, so on and so forth. And he stopped strategically because the rest would be the secret sauce, and we don't want to get into that right now. <laughs> but uh, as we go forward in this conversations we began to sort of land the plane as you will Liz I'm going to defer to you because I know you have maybe one or two burning questions for our guest today (laughs) well uh, Nicole you have explained exactly what your job is what is and that you love your job what has been the most difficult part of your job 
That's an excellent question. Um, I think I alluded to it earlier or, or said it straight out earlier. Uh, my deputy clerks do not, are not compensated in the way that their court counterparts are compensated. And that makes it very difficult to retain quality employees. I have employees who want to stay with me. I really try to make the work environment and atmosphere that you want to get out of bed and come to work um, and, and be supportive of my employees. But the bottom line, particularly as we, I hope are coming out of the other side of a horrific pandemic where a million lives were lost, um, the bottom line is the money. How much money am I bringing into my household? What can I do to make sure that my kids have clothes for school and pay for the, the fees for sports and things like that? And so, so that is very difficult when, and I would never stand in the way of any employee. I never have, never will. Um, if there's an opportunity to better yourself, we certainly wish you well, but um, it, is, it is difficult to be in that circumstance and be at the mercy of the purse strings of the county. Okay, and also for you, Ruben, there, uh, I know that you don't have a crystal ball, but what do you see your struggles would be? Uh, I'm gonna say you'll be the next sheriff. What do you foresee your struggles would be and how would you overcome them? Wow, my struggle would be, I wish I had about four of me. You know, trying to <laughs> trying to address everything that comes to me. I'm a type of person that if 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 you reach out to me, I I want to give you the courtesy and respect and reach out to you and, and continue to do what we need to do. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes you know I, it, it takes me a little bit more time to get back to you, just because I still have a full time job, and at the same time, there's so many people out there that want so much information that I want to respond, and but I want to respond quickly. That's just me. And it takes a little longer sometimes. So I have to I have to be mindful that, you know, uh, just explain yourself to people. Hey, you, you apologize. Why it took so long? And then why, why, why is it, you know, that it might take a few minutes or a few days to respond? You know, so so that will be for me. That, that will be the issue for me. OK, <laughs> thank you. All right. We, we sort of all we've come to that time um, and we need to go ahead and land the plane. But I do want to ask before we do that. Nicole, uh, Ruben has shared his website address for more information. Have you developed one yet, or is that forthcoming that we could announce it on a later show? I do not have a political website. Um, those who want to know what it is that I do, uh, the clerk's office has a website on the Monroe County government website. And so my picture is right up there, and you can see the services that are offered in my office. Um, but if you want to reach out to me about a political question or something. My address is N L Brown with an E, one three six six at yahoo.com. And that is my personal Yahoo email. And I will respond to you. One more time. N L Brown with an E, one three six six at yahoo.com. And Ruben, can you mention um, your campaign website again? Rubenforsheriff.com. RubenforSheriff.com. Yes, sir. Um, on that note, our thanks to Democratic nominee for Monroe County Sheriff Ruben Marte and Democratic nominee for Monroe County Circuit Court Clerk incumbent Nicole Brown and the Monroe County Black Caucus President Emeritus, Emeritus has joined us tonight, William Hosea. 
and we want to thank you all for joining us to share wonderful insights for um, just reflections on their primary races and an eye toward the upcoming November general election. Welcome to Dark Past, Bright Future. Lessons in African-American history that you won't read about in any textbook. Telling the stories of the struggle of those who came before us to build a better path to a brighter future for all of us. Welcome to another edition of Dark Past, Bright Future. I'm Liz Mitchell, your host. We all know that taking another person's property without their permission is called theft. We also know that you are caught being a theft. There are consequences. In the 1800s, one of the most notable thefts to commit was called Negro stealing. So much had been done to prevent this crime that the U.S. government got involved and Congress passed two Fugitive Slave Acts, one in, in 1793 and the other in 1850. Both provided for the seizure and return of runaway slaves who escaped from one state into another or into a federal territory. The 1793 Fugitive Slave Act clarified the processes by which slave owners could claim their property and was designed to balance the competing interest between free and slave states. The 1850 Fugitive Act allowed for offenders to face imprisonment and created a force of federal commissioners empowered to pursue fugitive slaves in any state and return them to their owners. In the mid-1800s, two very brave women, one white, the other black, were sent to Kentucky State Penitentiary for the crime of Negro stealing. On September the 28th, 1844, a white woman by the name of Delia Webster was arrested. She was a schoolteacher who at one time taught colored children while living in Madison, Indiana. Her case went to trial where on December the 1st, 1844, she was convicted and sentenced to two years hard labor. Delia happened to be the first female sent to that prison, so a small one-room cabin was built in the middle of the courtyard to house her. Delia arrived at Kentucky State Penitentiary on January 19, 1845, by taking a train unescorted to the gates to be met by the warden and his wife. She was pardoned on February the 24th, 1845, by then Kentucky Governor John Crittenden, having barely served five weeks of her two-year sentence of hard labor. Just about 20 years later, the other woman, a free woman of color named Hannah Coleman Tolliver, a washerwoman, who lived in Jeffersonville, Indiana. And she was convicted, arrested on April 
As an executive producer is Clarence Boone. Assistant producer is William Hosea. Show consultant and WFHB News Department director is Cade Young. Program engineer is Chantal LaFatant. Original theme music was created by Jamal Effim with additional background tracks by David Baker. For WFHB, I'm Liz Mitchell. And I'm Clarence Boone. Be sure to tune in next Monday at 6 p.m. for another edition of Bring It On. And also stay tuned for a special edition of Dark Past, Bright Future, about to air right now. Until next week, take care. You've been listening to Bring It On a volunteer-powered production of Community Radio WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana. Bring It On is your forum for open dialogue on the people, issues, and events affecting the African-American community in South Central Indiana and beyond. Send your comments, suggestions, and story ideas directly to the Bring It On staff. The email address is bringit at wfhb.org. That's bringit at wfhb.org.